Welcome to the Business, Wealth and Mindset Podcast. Your space for real motivational interviews and cutting-edge business content to inspire your positive mental attitude. And now, your host, Alex Sopala. Hello and welcome to this episode one of two in which uh, I got together a panel of uh, experts across different fields and across the globe from the USA, the UK, Germany, Malawi and Swaziland catching up all things mental health in the mindset series. So um, we get talking about the definitions, the understanding of the mental health issues, all the different impacts that uh, mental health issues have, the research around it, you know, what can be done about it, uh, and issues around uh, dealing with mental health, living with mental health, and all things mental health. So it was a very, very interesting conversation. I hope you enjoy the content. And without further ado, here is the panel taking the topic away. Okay, welcome everyone to this uh, uh, episode of uh, uh, the series. So I am joined today by an experienced panelist of uh, international status. So we are uh, live across the globe. We've got people from the US, from the UK, we've got from uh, Swaziland, from Malawi and Germany. So uh, today we are talking all things mental health. So on the panel today, I've got uh, Brenda Malinki. Brenda is a telecoms consultant, uh, mental health and women empowerment advocate. Just give us a quick wave. Brenda did. Yeah. Hi, everybody. We've got uh, um, uh, Wanangwa Clara Namero. She is a clinical oncologist, part of a leadership team uh, in women ministries at her local church. Hello. Uh, we've got uh, Pamela Napier, uh, who is a finance student with experience in social welfare and spiritual well-being. And uh, we've got uh, um, Fola K. Yusuf, who is a GP advocate for mental and financial well-being. And we've got uh, Dalitso Nyalane, who is a licensed mental health therapist with experience in addiction and trauma. We've got uh, also, who will be coming on in a bit, Rodri Kalumpa, who is a, a chartered accountant, a cultural activist and mental health advocate. And uh, we've got also coming on later on, Susan Kotoko Masiku, who is a teacher, legal advocate, and women and children's rights champion. And uh, uh, Fai Cheleuka will also be joining us. She's a residential provider for people with mental illness and developmental disabilities. Uh, so quite a, a, a cast of uh, um, people with experience. So today, the general agenda is just to decipher this uh, uh, issue and topic around uh, mental health. So all things mental health, including what is mental health? Because there is uh, obviously it's, a, it's a, an issue which across the globe affects a lot of people. Uh, and um, uh, yeah, there's different uh, aspects to it, including what are the causes, the symptoms of it, the consequences in society, as well as if at all there's any cures or how people can manage it. So to begin with, so we'll just uh, uh, filled it out by trying to get the um, medical sort of descriptions or understanding of what is uh, mental health initially. So we'll start off uh, with uh, uh, yourself, Dr. Fola. Just uh, start by giving us the lowdown. What, what is, uh, uh, from a clinical or medical point of view, what is uh, mental health? So um, mental health is generally um, is kind of defined as a state of um, total well-being, um, um, and it's you know it's not just the absence of um, physical illness; it's a total state of uh, well-being um, of an individual. Um, and there, there are lots of things that add up to cause you know mental health problems, which could be um, you know due to environmental factors, genetic factors. Um, um, financial factors as well, um, and that's you know kind of basically the the, the general broad um, description of mental health. 
Okay. It's, I think about it from, you know, when you think of a bell curve, right? Like on the medium, you, you want to have optimal health, right? So mental health is that combination of um, the psychological uh, impact on how well you function, right? That human beings are here to solve problems, right? So mm-hmm. every behavior is a strategy to get your needs met. So we need certain things to work together, right? The mental and the emotions uh, to work together at a certain level of our health so that mm-hmm. the behaviors that you're engaging in to solve life problems are at their optimal, right? Yeah. And so when that is not the case, so mental health, we all are on a continuum, right? And uh, it's not like a specific thing. We're looking at a range of combinations of um, emotions mm-hmm. and mental thinking produces this uh, set of behaviors that help a person function better to achieve the goals of having a holistic functioning life, right? And um, yeah. Okay. So I, I, that I, I can I, be a combination of so many different things. I, I guess the take for that. Um, you know, yeah. like food, right? Something as simple as low vitamin D can affect depression, yeah. right? Um, and, and so there's so many things that kind of go into it that uh, you have to kind of, sometimes it's that process of, is it the chicken or the egg that came first, right? Yeah. Is it trauma that came first and then you had a problem or is it that the problem caused, uh, exposed okay. you to like uh, more trauma or it exposed your ability to not handle that trauma better? So there's so many things kind of you have to look at, but at the end of the yeah. day, you're trying to understand what's going on with someone so that way they can achieve the optimal health uh, to function, right? Yeah. Okay. No, thank you very much. So I guess, I guess the take from there is the the emotion and behavioral aspect of uh, uh, being as a person uh, compared to the, the physical part. So. Dr. Wow, what's your take from uh, also from uh, our clinical side of things? Yeah, I think just to um, address what my colleague said, I think it's very important that we recognize mental health as a, as a crucial part of someone's well-being. Because even the WHO definition, as mentioned by Dr. Yusuf, states clearly that one needs to be mentally healthy for them to be called healthy. Yeah. And for whatever reason, if the state of mind affects their ability to function, as Dalit said, then you, you know, you have for the mental health illness, and that can range from very mild to severe. Um, but I think it is very important that um, we recognize that someone cannot be healthy if they have a mental health illness. And I think that's the importance of this discussion this afternoon. Perfect. Okay. Thank you very much, Dr. Ngwa. Now, um, when we look uh, um, across the definition, I guess, is this something that means it can sometimes mean different things to different people? So if we um, um, look at what are probably, if we approach it from uh, the causes, what what are, would, would we classify as the causes of mental health or which, which things would, would bring up mental health into uh, consideration for people? So, uh, Roderick, uh, coming uh, to you, what's your experience around uh, mental health and uh, uh, what would have been causes or anything that you would have seen around mental health? Uh, thank you, Alex, for having me. And um, I, I think I think my main issue for me uh, is that uh, I'll leave the causes to the doctors, but uh, from a cultural perspective, okay? Uh-huh. Because, uh, uh, you know, mainly uh, from the culture I'm coming from, speaking as a Malawian who was born in Malawi, uh, we don't recognize, we do recognize we, there is mental health, but it's not, you know, like given the, um, it's not given the, 
the attention that it requires. You know, um, when we were growing up, some of us in, in Zomba, where it, there's only probably may, maybe the only um, hospital that looks into mental health issues, uh, you see somebody who is mentally deranged, they, it was taken as something to laugh at, you know. So my only my only coming into the uh, discussion is that, you know, we should advocate, especially, you know, like from most of us from the Afro-Caribbean background, that we should put much emphasis uh, and, and recognition that we do have this issue. You know, people may be going around in the streets thinking everybody is healthy, but then actually uh, mentally they're not healthy. So that's my main focus on this issue. Yeah, okay. Uh, just uh, thanks for that, Roderick. I'll just uh, bring so in uh, Fai um, uh, as well. Uh, so welcome, Fai. Now, uh, from uh, give us your take from uh, the sort of... Uh, definition or your understanding around uh, mental health issues, including any causes or anything around around that from your experience? Okay, so on the causes, there are a lot of causes. I liked what um, the medical personnel have said. They talked about, um, you know, it, it does not only take out the physical aspect of it. it, it it's a whole being, you know? So um, coming from a clinical mental health perspective, we look at it as a person in the environment, you know? So the environment can have some triggers that can cause people to have some mental issues as well as the mm -hmm. genetics, you know? So some people genetically, they're predispositioned to maybe depression or, you know, some kind of like, you know, bipolar, and other mental illnesses, but mm -hmm. sometimes it takes a situation in the environment, let's say if a person experiences trauma, uh, like we have Ms. Dalito here, who is a specialist in trauma, that maybe can speak more on that, um, that you know, mm -hmm. once you have had trauma in your childhood and you have, fa you have failed to deal with those issues correctly, the resilience of the person determines how they actually cope in their later life. So to mm. get back to what um, Roderick talked about culturally, you know, we have some cultures that are very open to mental health, thereby people are mm. open to getting help and uh, not be stigmatized. But uh, yeah. in other areas of the parts of the world, uh, this is still an issue, you know? So people are embarrassed. People think that they're going to be called crazy in that way they are you know keeping things inside and once they really get sick it's bad so mm. there's a lot of causes like i said medical uh you know the environment stress look at now covid you know situations like that cause a lot of stress in yeah. people's life so um mm. i would say yeah okay in that sense so so I guess is 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 it probably worth when you're looking at uh, the the causes and the issues to actually look at the uh, the, the different types? I was looking up uh, uh, what are the the, the sort of uh, common themes or the, the the types of mental health problems. So you've got uh, things like uh, general uh, anxiety disorder. You've got depression. You've got phobias. You've got OCD. You've got a uh, panic disorder. So um, I'll just uh, bring in. Uh, Brand uh, on on this one. Just uh, from this uh, understanding of these uh, uh, different uh, types of mental uh, uh, health problems around around those. Just uh, give us your take uh, around those and your experiences. Yeah. All right, thank you. Uh, first of all, thank you for having us on this panel. I think this is really brilliant. It's a conversation that mm. I'm always going on. We need to be having mm. and having more of. Um, mm. th we've got the professionals take on things uh, and on yeah. what mental health is. Um, so first of all, I'd like to say mental health is health. It's not a separate part of um, of one's wellness. Uh, and I think it's been covered by Dr. Folake as well as Dr. Wanangwa and Fai. Um, my take on it is that I think we generally tend to separate what mental health is. It's something that other people suffer with until you're in that position. So uh, full disclosure, I uh, have uh, anxiety uh, and uh, chronic depression. 
Um, I've been living with this diagnosis for about seven and a half years, but um, since my diagnosis, I live and function fully. Um, and actually having that diagnosis was really, really important for me to start to live my life because up until then, I did not understand why things were the way they were. Um, and I think generally in life, because we treat mental health as something quite separate to health, as something that happens mm -hmm. to other people, um, rather than something that's within us, uh, much like if you've got a sore throat, much like if your eyes are hurting, much like you've got a tummy ache, because we don't see as part of that, it's something from within, uh, and we don't have those conversations, and we don't actually say, do you know what, it's not normal to feel tired all the time, and to want to sleep all the time, and to not want to get out of bed all the time that's not just tiredness mm. that's a symptom mm. of something else going on much like we would mm. do if you were having symptoms of a runny stomach for example you'd say actually this is not normal for me to go to the bathroom five times a day i need to get help or if i'm coughing up something you would see something but because mental health is so it's something that we just dismiss. It's quite easy to dismiss. So, um, yeah, yeah my, my take on it, and not from a professional, this is for somebody who does live with it, who sees it yeah. more, more and more now, um, particularly with all the pressures that we have uh, currently going on with COVID. Um, it's mm. so much easier. Once you see it, you see it in everybody and you see it all the time um, everywhere mm. else. And it's a lot more widespread. And the acceptance of it, by people that suffer from it and it's more people than you think you know and yeah. quite possibly mm -hmm. you might have it but accepting that actually it's a problem yeah. it then starts to come into stigma where the stigma of having mental health and saying oh, as Roderick covered earlier on people don't want to be seen as the unfortunate types I, but quite literally yeah. you wouldn't have that reaction if somebody said I have diabetes so mm. I think we need to change your thinking on that yeah, no, that that's a that's a good point. I mean, looking at the statistics, I think uh, a few few well, not not long ago, it was like one in six, probably uh, maybe even even higher these days. Uh, you know, suffer from uh, yeah, uh, I've, I've, the last one I saw was one in four. One in four. So you see, so it it is. Uh, Quite a, a, a big a big issue to cover. So now, um, just uh, I'll uh, bring in Pamela uh, um, uh, as well, uh, just to uh, have a, a take. Actually, uh, before we go there, uh, Chase, give us your your take from uh, your understanding of uh, uh, the whole issue around mental health. <clears throat> well, everything has pretty much been covered. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But I would say mental health is it's just a state of being. Yeah, It gets to be classified, like Brenda um, uh, said, it gets to be classified and put on in the corner to say, okay, we'll deal with that later. But mental health is actually a state of being, you know, whether you're spiritual or not, is where your mind is. So in the case, it's like checking the motor hub in the engine of your life to say the status check, which you don't normally do. You just drive the car. And if you don't keep checking it, where you are and where you're going and where the levels of oil and gas, you end up being in problems. So I have a feeling that this whole thing that's been so stigmatized and you go to the doctor for it does not necessarily need the doctor. But every single day when you wake up, checking what am I going to do, how am I, first of all, and when you're going to sleep, how am I, and how have I lived this day, is part of the, it encompasses the whole thing of where your mental health is at, yeah? Mm-hmm, yeah, okay. That's, uh, uh, thanks for that, Chase. Now, I will uh, try and uh, bring on, let me bring on uh, Pamela, just to uh, get a, a take as well on proceeding. So, um, Pamela, the view from uh, Swaziland, what's your understanding and what's your experience of uh, take around uh, mental health as we are talking about definitions and causes and the different types? Uh, thank you. Um, the group, uh, the panel has already explained most of the definitions of mental health. Um, like finest touched on genetics, sometimes uh, when you look at situations, some people, they go through the same trauma, but they are, out, they are able to get out of it um, okay. Mm -hmm. 
others mm-hmm. because of uh, maybe their um, genetic markups and whatnot, you find that they cannot and they don't have what it takes in them to go through it. So mm-hmm. you might tend not to understand why someone had to go through that, maybe in a, a worse situation, but they were able to get out of it okay. Someone gets some something which is lesser than uh, the other person, and yet they are not able to um, withstand the trauma they're in. As you can see, mm-hmm. in most of the mental um, issues, it's just that it's difficult to function in society uh, when you are going through a lot of mental health issues. And it's hard mm-hmm. because right, right now, as you can see, we are in isolation. And a lot of life, not just because of the corona, but um, the way the world is functioning nowadays, most of the time we spend time on our own um, because it's not possible to be uh, working and um, uh, making a living with everybody around you. So that mm-hmm. is also one of the things which are causing it uh, so hard for people to survive because mostly human beings are pack animals, we, 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 or for lack of a better word. We like we function better when we are other, we've got other people who can encourage us, who can um, um, you know, filter in their emotions to us. That's why they say that uh, the people you, the company you keep also states the way of mental health uh, and your mental mm-hmm. uh, capacity. Because most of the times you find that the people you are around, if they are always talking about depressing things, they don't laugh, they're always sad, you also start feeling the same thing. So that is also the part of the environmental factor and what we're exposed to. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Okay, thank, thanks for that, Pamela. Now, uh, I guess uh, probably uh, brings us nicely into the, some, some of the issues around mental health. I mean, if you look at uh, the, the whole topic, you've got uh, issues around age, sex, and hereditary factors, you know, individual lifestyle factors, social and community networks where people live. And, you know, there could be issues around the living and working conditions, employment, health services, and also the geo, social, social and cultural environment. So if we uh, pick it up from there, there was actually uh, an interesting statistic and it's interesting that uh, we're probably joined by quite a, a lot of uh, uh, the, the panel here uh, being women but the statistics t- uh, points to women being uh, affected uh, a lot more than men I think probably about twice the, the number of women get affected by mental health well, what, what would be the take on that we'll start uh, again with uh, Dr. Gua. what what, what what do you think uh, would be the issues around that? Why why would that uh, would, would that be? <clears throat> My thoughts are that it's probably got a link with the social and cultural expectations mm. in our in our in our societies, because mm. generally men are expected to be the stronger species. And I, I don't really know what strong means in that in that in this case, but men are expected to be the strong species. They're supposed to be lead, they're not expected to cry. Um, mm. so I think that it's probably because women show their emotions more and people are able yeah. to pick up more um mm-hmm. on their emotions and therefore and, and I yeah. you know, and therefore that's why the people generally think they're more women with mental health problems. I also think that women as a strength, they've got the ability to connect more and to ask for help uh, at an Mm. earlier stage compared to men. Because usually men live, I I think generally leave things until they're they're quite bad or severe, at least where, you know, in Mm. the society that I grew up in. Yeah. And I think that might have a bias on the numbers. On the um, numbers, I see. Okay. Uh, um, what's your take on that from your experience? And, you know, um, um, I'm not in your yeah. I was not able to hear what Dr. Ngwa said, Dr. Anangwa said. So <laughs> I will, I hope I don't repeat the same thing, but... Um, First of all, I have to say that I don't know if that those statistics are really clear because I think that there's lack of um, research on the men. Mm-hmm. You know, most women volunteer yeah. uh, to do research because, you know, they give birth, they um, 
get involved into a lot of community activities. Um, I think if you really look at it, things might have started to change where there are a lot of men mm. that are affected by mental health, but it's covered up. Mm. You know, I'll tell you casually again, let's look at um, a situation, let's say, with um, Malawi that we are all familiar with. You know, uh, you find a lot of men at Bandilo, right, every day drinking, you know, and people think that's fun. You know, like, oh, my God, you know, I mean, in our language, we say, you know, you know, things like that, you know. But yet, yeah. these people are numbing some pain. They have some issues. They cannot stay without that drinking. And what does society say? You know, a man has to drink, you know. Uh. Yes, that has a condition which is part of the issues with mental health. Um, and then a lot of men are taught not to feel, you know, like you are a wimp if you cry, okay? So a lot mm. of men have grown up um, actually bullying each other, you know, which in return they suffer a lot. Why do we have a lot of domestic violence? That's a lot of mental issues that people are suffering with self-esteem, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. Because if they were confident enough, they weren't going to be trying to fight somebody else, right? So I want yeah. I think that there's a lot of research that needs to be done among men. There hasn't been enough. And such really the way we've raised our men is to tell them that, you know, if they show their emotions, then they're a whim. You know, everybody goes through mm. stuff. So I think there are a lot of men out there that are suffering suffering in silence. In in silence yeah actually i've got a but i know that statistics say that then we can stick to it but if we are really we need another study on this globally hmm. yeah actually there's uh you know quite a few uh comments on the uh engagement group of people saying exactly the same that a lot of men out there are sort of suffering in silence and you know there could be issues around the statistics as well but that's uh, generally the view out there but uh, i guess uh uh, it's you know there's you know it could, it could be like, like you've explained there's a number of factors to look into so we'll bring in uh, Dalitsu as well I hope uh, uh, she can hear me uh, what's uh, what's your your take as well on uh, on this understanding that it tends to be um, you know women tend to be affected a lot more than men around issues of mental health um, so I do agree with what everybody's kind of saying on the culture around what we allow what we consider masculine feminine right men don't cry women do cry and things like that so i think that i agree on that so i think one thing i've, I've discussed along the way uh just in i think from my own experience and also working with clients is that women um, are actually highly affected by certain things uh, because of our cycle. We have that menstrual cycle, right? Mm -hmm. um, we can't talk about mental health outside of the body. It's a feedback loop. It's like playing, playing tennis, right? Yeah. Um, hormonally, we are affected, and those hormones, they also affect depression, right? And so it's like, again, that which one comes first, the chicken or the egg, but we know that it's a back and forth. So women have that menstrual cycle and those hormones based on how they are, they can affect depression and anxiety and, and those kind of things in ways that it doesn't affect mm. men. So for example, when I'm doing, you know, in my practice, when I'm seeing women, um, recommend them to get their hormonal done right to check their adrenal glands to check their uh, estrogen and progesterone levels and those kind of things because those highly affect women uh, um, compared to to men and sometimes men they do experience that low testosterone and affects depression and anxiety right it's just that women feel it um, on a Every 30 days, you have this thing that's happening, right? Mm. Pregnancy highly affects and changes a woman's um, hormonal, uh, mm. you know, um, body, right? And so those kind of things are experienced at a higher level mm. compared to men. Mm. The mental health can be very different, right? And yeah. 
to be talked about. There's certain things that just doctors don't ask. Yeah. Um, men ask females, like how those things, I think our medicine has become so compartmentalized, mm -hmm. right? Um, instead of this holistic approach and, and asking food, right? Things like what you eat, what you don't eat, those kind of things can affect mental health, right? And, yeah. and those kind of things. And so um, I think there's so many things that don't really get factored into, uh, but definitely it's a huge difference, not just culturally, but also physiologically mm. that women experience. Um, yeah. Uh, um, compared to men. Yeah. And, okay. Uh, so it's, that's another factor that a lot of people mm. consider. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, thanks, Alisa, for that. That's uh, quite uh, comprehensive. Uh, bringing uh, Dr. Fowler, is there anything you can add to that just to uh, help us with the understanding around that uh, that aspect? Yeah, um, yeah, thank you. I think I just generally I agree with um, everybody and I think they've covered most of the, the points um, um, in terms of um, the, the, the statistics is quite, I think is quite flawed as well. I think it's skewed um, because it then it depends on who presents with mental health problems um, that you then say, you know, and then you put into the statistics. What about those people who are at home that don't come mm. and present um, people that manage yeah. things by themselves um, in the house? Um, I mean, certainly um, you, you kind of see, you know, a, a lot of people who come in with physical problems, um, like Dalita said, um, yeah. it takes a, a bit of convincing to tell them that actually what you have is actually a mental health problem. Uh, because, mental health, people, yeah. because of that stigma, people don't want to be told they've got a mental health problem, you know, mental and you kind health. of have to start thinking, oh, how do I break this in information to this person? Some people mm. have to end up going down the route of having blood tests to exclude mm. other things that can mimic mental health problems. And then you mm. kind of tell them that actually, you know, what is wrong with you is actually a mental health problem. You know, it's, you know, anxiety yeah. or depression um, because mm. people just don't want to, some people just don't want to admit it. And it's not, it's not their fault. You know, there's lots of ramifications in admitting, you know, mm. to, to, to having a mental health problem. Apart from the stigma, you know, some people, yeah. certainly in the UK, they don't want it to affect the, their records because once it goes on their records, they don't know how it's going to affect their, you know, applications for jobs, their insurance, there are lots of other ramifications. Mm -hmm. So it's not only because they don't want to, that, you know, that stigma is also the other ramifications of identifying as having a mental health problem. Mental so health, I do yeah. think, you know, there's a lot of underreporting of medical health problems generally, mm. but, you know, because there's also stress. Now, when does stress become a mental health problem, you know, and is that yeah. continuum, you know, when do you say, oh, you definitely have a mental health problem? Because we don't have, um, you know, we don't have a test to say, oh, you've got depression or you've got anxiety. We generally just go with the mm. symptoms that the person tells us about. So, so yeah. generally, there's that underreporting. Um, so um, also um, the issue of men, again, yes, I agree with everybody, what everybody else said, you know, mm. you know, men is, is that way of, you know, it's just their personality, basically, you know, not, not wanting to appear weak, not believing. I mean, some people don't believe that mental health is a problem. Just say, oh, you just need to snap out of it, you know, and it's not it's not something you can snap out of. It's, you know, it's something that has to be managed and taken seriously. Um, and I think, I mean, I hope I'm not digressing, but apart from, you know, men and women, like everybody else said, and mm. there's also the ethnic minorities as well, you know. Um, yeah. You know, there is again, lack of awareness of mental health problems, you know, again, mm -hmm. that most of us, you know, I, I guess most of us come from like African countries, like myself, you believe that yeah. you have to be hard. It's like, you know, even not just men, everybody like, mm -hmm. you know, you're crying. Why are you crying? What's your problem? You know, yeah. like, why are you crying? Um, you know, so it's, it's not, it's not, um, it's not permitted for people to come out and say, oh, they're, they're feeling depressed and they're feeling low, uh, especially if mm. everything is going well for you. Like, what's your problem? You've got, you know, you've got a good job. You've got, you know, what can the problem be? Um, so yeah. it's yeah. it's a lot of, um, it's, I think it's mainly because there's no test for it. So, you know, you could, anybody can call it what they like until yeah. somebody yeah. actually admits that actually it is a mental health problem that is going on here. And I think that's where the difficulty mm. is. When is it a social problem? 
when is it a medical yeah. problem and is that you know yeah. where do you catch the person i think that's the you know that's the main thing unless either the mm. person volunteers to come out with the symptoms and accept or they have very serious mm. mental health symptoms then it becomes obvious to everybody that actually it's a mental health problem we're dealing with here yeah wow thanks for that that's that's really comprehensive especially understanding uh the issues around uh, like you mentioned around the cultural uh, uh, uh uh, issues and casual background as well. Uh, just uh, bring in Brenda as well, just uh, on the sort of stigma around it, but also, um, I mean, wh wh what would you say are the issues? If it's affecting a lot of the ethnic minorities, is it more the lack of opportunities that exist within that, or, or what, what could it be around, around that area? Just give us your take on that. Okay, thank you. Um, first of all, um, everybody's covering pretty much all the points and I've been making notes. So everybody's covering all mm -hmm. the pinpoints that I would, I would like to hear in this kind of discussion. Um, mm -hmm. Just to go back a little bit. Um, first things are language. I think language is how we communicate predominantly and the language around mm -hmm. mental health for me is problematic. Mm -hmm. So we don't say they have a mental health diagnosis. We say they have a mental health problem nobody wants to have a tag that says i've got a problem on my forehead do you know what i mean uh, the other mm -hmm. thing is language that impacts how men view mental health um, and women yeah. sort of seem to take it on the chin so if you take it from a very very early age boys are told not to cry I mean, there's no reason why boys don't cry. Boys don't cry. I mean, that really upsets me when I hear it. Um, I nearly lost a friend because somebody told my son that he shouldn't cry because boys don't cry. Um, mm. So, you know, you th things like you run like a girl, you fight like a girl. It sort of emasculates how people are. And nobody wants to be in that position. Not even girls want to run like girls. You know what I mean? So I think if we take it back to how we address and look at those issues from a cultural standpoint i think that there's uh, not just culture from where we come from from our background from being black africans and black africans in diaspora the opportunities yes it's problematic so that we talked about trauma and different kinds of trauma and understanding what trauma is and defining it and everybody going actually this is hard so we um, so most of us would have left uh, Malawi when we were quite young in our formative years would have been uprooted all on our own to a different land with different mm -hmm. cultures with different foods that is trauma you know you're plonked into this mm -hmm. land where you're supposed to yeah. fight with the best of them you know academically yeah. you're supposed mm -hmm. to go into class you're supposed to work hard and you want to work hard and you want to achieve but we've got this baggage that somebody who's born into that environment doesn't have and we don't even acknowledge just how hard that is and that's not just traveling abroad yeah. it could be that you've gone to a secondary school mm -hmm. in your hometown it's you've changed school you've changed jobs you've moved house we need to understand mm -hmm. what trauma actually is it once is, we get past yeah. that trauma mm -hmm. it's not it's not because you're a man or a woman. Then there'll be other other things as well, like uh, it's been touched on uh, hormonal changes every month. It's real, guys. Um, you need to understand that you can't think yourself better when you're unwell. It's just not possible. If it could be done, trust me, I would do it. I would do it every day because I like to use my brain. Uh, so in terms of my take on culturally, it's again, it just goes back to having those conversations. I'm very privileged that I've got some very, um, some guys that I'm very close to and we have really deep, meaningful conversations about mental health. And I say to them, you're going to die. This will kill you. Mm. Never mind not smoking, yeah. never mind going to the gym. If you don't mm. take care of your mental health, you will die. Mm. Because in our age group, up to 45, mm. the biggest killer of men is suicide. And suicide, suicide yeah. is an end result. I'm sure the medics will, will back me up on this. Suicide is the end result of a mental health issue that's not being treated. And it's mm. a mental health disorder that's not been treated. I always say this, mm. and it always sounds really odd, and like, just like a blase saying, no one in their right mind commits suicide. No one in their right mind commits suicide. 
Mm. Just think about that. That means mm. that something yeah. is wrong. It's not it's about yeah. being yeah. ungrateful for your situation. It's not about being better than half the population on this planet. It doesn't work that way. Mm. Everybody knows who Robin mm. Williams was. Yeah. And mm. he misses gunfire. Exactly. And he succumbed to mental health. And the, the, the conversation around that was he's so ungrateful. He's so rich. He's got Hollywood at his feet. He's done all these movies. Why does he feel that way? He's really ungrateful. And that's not the conversation we should be having about mental health. It's a physiological mm -hmm. thing. Something in your brain is going wrong, much like something goes wrong in your pancreas with diabetes, mm -hmm. like something goes wrong with um with any part of the body it's just really weird that we look at mental health in that capacity mm. and something else that dr mm. falakis mm. touched on is when things are not right and you, you you go into doctors and you've got something physical and the doctor says that you know i i don't think this is it's a manifestation of something mental going on i'd like to use the analogy of a footballer turning up with a broken leg now it might not look broken mm. on the outside and he might just say i've got pain on my leg you know it doesn't look broken mm -hmm. but he can't understand why he can't play as well as he did the previous week now if a doctor tells him there's something broken underneath and he goes no it can't be it's just pain give me pain relief he won't be able to play much longer and furthermore he'll break that leg even worse and mental health is pretty much the mm -hmm. same thing you might not feel right you might turn up and on the outside you know you've got out of bed you've showered you put your suit on yeah. you've got into your car you've driven to work you've got your laptop you've turned it all on but something's stopping you from getting to start that day or something's to even start, stopping you from yeah. getting out of bed and that's the point where you need to think mm. hang on something else is going on it's not me mm. i'm not not motivated it's something else and it's okay to say yeah. my head is not okay and i need help it's not okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's uh, very comprehensive. Thanks for that, Brenda. Uh, just uh, uh, bring in uh, uh, Roderick on this, just as we move on to understand what is the role of uh, sort of life things that happen for people. So, for example, uh, it could be, uh, for example, death that happened or you know, an accident or a critical illness or, or anything of the sort of trauma. So we'll come to Dalis on this one as well, but just uh, while we are understanding some of the issues around Rodri, but what, what would you, from, from uh, the people that you've seen or the experience that you've been, would you point to specific events or specific life situations that would happen to people to have driven them to, to these uh, uh, particular issues around mental health? Um, so, for example, I one of the things I want to just kind of tie in with what everybody's talking about is that one of the things we don't have a lot, like for example in Malawi and other cultures, is we don't have the language to express what we're experiencing, right? Uh, and so, like for example, I came to to KA, right? Mm. I had just suffered a whole invasion, like a, a whole invasion that was potentially going to be, I was going to get killed, right? And, um, you know, all my parents did is bring me back home. And then a few weeks later, I was sent to boarding school, right? Aggressively got depressed. And uh, I remember telling someone, you know, my uncle, who was a teacher there, and literally this is what he said to me, that doesn't happen to black people, <laughs> you're not depressed, right? And so all I could speak, the only language I had was, school is hard, maybe that's what's happening, right? Until like, I really, I was suicidal, right? And um, I attempted to kill myself, because I just, I had intrusive thoughts, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't eat, and nobody really, could help me really process and, and really talk about that it was I was suffering from PTSD and it took four, four years to actually really get into treatment once I think I got here. Mm -hmm. And so it's we don't really have the language sometimes to really describe mm -hmm. what's really happening. I think that it's your breaking up a bit. So let me just uh, try bringing in uh, Roderick and we'll, we'll come uh, back to you in a sec, yeah? Um, so uh, Roderick, just uh, 
take it away from uh, from there. Uh, just understanding of what uh, the role of uh, life traumas or life events for people, or what what you would have seen out as as the causes from the people that you've seen. The main thing, uh, like come as I said, coming in from Malawi, coming from Malawi. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got one case where I had a relative who was who had this issue. You know, like uh, I think he had. Um, uh, another disease which always held him back and that really affected him a lot and uh, yeah. i've seen also uh, a family member a very old family member in an african setup uh where i think divorce divorce she was divorced from uh, um from her marriage and uh, she went yeah. into a breakdown and uh, mm-hmm. she just used to roam around the village in africa and uh, unfortunately people thought as i was saying back and uh, uh building up on uh, what dr fulaki said uh the social and cultural aspect of everything it's either we take these kind of diseases uh seriously and understand there's an issue but in those issues especially where this lady was um uh divorced from her husband and she went into a mental breakdown ended up roaming the streets of the village uh people thought it's something comical you know they thought it's something uh uh uh, you know like uh to laugh at you know they would uh they would uh call her sing songs for her and then you know like make her dance you know and then maybe give her a penny or something like that you see so uh these are the things that we suffer in Africa and we think uh, we, we haven't really grasped the, the problem. And uh, I think it will take our generation to keep, you know, to keep talking about these issues. And whenever we have an opportunity to mingle with the people uh, in the villages and the townships that really, guys, if you see a guy roaming around the street uh, talking things which are gibberish and not making sense, it's not a source of entertainment. Right now in Malawi, as I'm speaking to you, there's a guy in Mulanje who's gone viral uh, because he talks about these things. And people think it's entertainment. You see it on social media. Just a few days back, they were sharing it on Facebook and all those kind of things. And then it took a group of Malawians in the UK saying that, guys, this guy needs help. He needs to be taken from Mulanje and go to Lilongwe. Uh, I think uh, there's a, a mental hospital called St. John's. Isn't it fine? You know, so they're they're put they're taking him, mm. him there. But the people on the ground, they think it's entertainment. You see, so we need mm. to change our views. Going back to what Dr. Fulaki said, that uh, our cultural and social continuum. You know, you don't know when is the mental health kicks in, but whenever we see some oddity, we need to grasp it and say that no, guys, maybe there's something that needs to be helped and stuff like that. Hmm. No, th- thanks for that, Roderick. Now, um, just um, t- touching on this, I just want to understand uh, what, what's the uh, panel's take on uh, the, ro- the role of genetics. I'll tell you why, why I ask that, because it's probably linked to this question that we've addressed around uh, life events happening. Because if uh, for people who have uh, a history of a mental health illness in the family, for example, is there from the from the medical uh, evidence or my, medical research or whatever? Is there a role of genetics in mental health? Is is it is it uh, something uh, similar to cancers, for example, where you know it's predictable that if there's a history in the family, it's likely to affect the person as well? What what is the role of, of genetics? I'll, I'll come to you five first. What's your understanding around the role of genetics? Oh, I mean, it's huge. Um, The role of genetics is huge, and also depending on the kind of mental illness that you have. There are different uh, types of mental illnesses, and but if we speak to things like maybe anxiety, phobias, or depression, some, um, not to take away from the genetics, but to emphasize that these traumas, life events, really are huge in triggering those genetics that are already there. So if we, you know, I mean, again, coming from where I'm looking at a person in the environment, the belief is that if we did more in our environment, we could at least save life to avoid those triggers or those traumas happening and thereby not triggering the mental illnesses. I'll give you an example, divorce, you know, 
for most children, you know, I, growing up in Africa, a child has no say in a divorce of, of a parent, you know. But yet, when we are getting together, uh, it's like, oh, we need these kids. Oh, the kids are the center of this relationship and all that, you know. But when people fight and they can't live with each other anymore, what happens? You know, the kids have no say. So these kids mm. love both parents and they have to hear each parent crucify the other or speak so badly about the other that they dearly love. And they keep all these things inside. They can't come to mom and say what dad said. They can't go to dad and say what mom said. And they're processing all this trauma in their head. And I also tell you, in the past, people, we used our communities where people went to their aunts or their uncles to discuss personal issues. They knew that it would end there, they'll get the help. But now, the reason why people have to seek um, professional mental health help, it's because if you tell your aunt, and your aunt has children that are also struggling, and she might have issues with your with her sister who could be your mother, guess what? Now your issue is going outside the family, and people are making fun of you of your situation. You know, don't look at her like that. She's got this, or she's got that. And then what happens? You are internalizing all these issues where they now trigger the already existing genetic predisposition that you have. So I want mm. to say that I personally do not, when I'm working with my clients, I acknowledge the genetic part of it, but I think the environmental part of it has made it worse for our lives. And like mm. uh, Pamela clearly said that some people go through the same experience and they come out okay because of the support and the genetics as well, you know, that they have. But we are living in a very difficult time where the world mm. is just so mean, you know? It's like survival of the fittest. So it's like who can crucify or bring down somebody harder? So as genetics uh, uh, are there, again, we need to look at the environment very closely. Is, is, is our environment mm. conducive for a good mental health? Mm. Okay, no, thanks, fine. Now, uh, just uh, taking it on from there, well, is, is there a role also of uh, people, like you said, taking care of themselves, including linking it to things like, uh, uh, you know, substance abuse or things like that? Or is that a, a whole different area? Because I'm just picking it up. It's certainly from uh, an example of uh, going on to uh, Malawi or some places where you, I guess there's probably evidence of people who are smoking this either marijuana or cannabis or something ending up into this situation. So is that, is that uh, uh, something that comes into play as well? The, the, the role of uh, personal care, taking care of uh, oneself from either, you know, physically or eating, uh, you know, good uh, um, health habits and all of that. So take it, I'll start with you, Chase. Well, what's your take on that around uh, physically taking care of the, uh, people and uh, substance abuse, for example? You're on mute, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, here I am again. Um, from what I hear and uh, have observed, um, in, in my small life is that fine you have the what you just talked about the genetic side of things and on the other yeah. side it's something that could be hereditary or it's more to do with the resistance but it's got to do with a lot of what practices what habits do you have in your daily life what did your parents or the people around you as habits have and what do you value as being very important in order to sustain yourself so for those people that are brought up to have uh, a constant way of sustaining themselves, do sport, um, do certain um, regular activities, do swimming, or maybe meet people. And in today's world, we have a certain problem that we're islands. So everybody's right now saying, because of the corona uh, pandemic, oh, I'm all alone at home. But for someone like me staying alone at home, this has been my life the whole time. The only difference is that I didn't have I don't have distractions right now, so I'm mm -hmm. much more having a more sensitized feel of who I actually am. In that case, 
the things that I get to do is doing sport every day, like just for 30 minutes. It sounds like nothing, but if I don't do sport and I just stay at home and I don't go out, even if I don't talk to anybody, I feel this depression. And I have, I have yeah. felt this before that if I'm just working for like maybe two weeks and I haven't done sport, I get mm. to underperform or let's say I'm not working in my normal rhythm. And even my personal uh, relationships with friends is not um, harmonic, you know? And I realize if yeah. you do sport, for me, if I do sport, then I get this balance. So as much mm. as Corona pandemic is being bad, I think it's a good time to actually uh, get ourselves enlightened to see the things that we need now are the things that we've always needed in order to have mm. sanity or a more balanced life. So um, in this case of uh, the topic of mental health, we can have life is filled up with different facets. Yeah. So everything you got a little piece of cake that needs to be fulfilled. If you're just doing too much sport and there are people like that, that just are going to gym every day and three hours there, they're not talking to anybody. That's bad. In life, everything mm. excessive is not good and it's not healthy. So we need to find a balanced positioning in wherever we are, whether it's your black, white, in, in being in Europe, and where I can say as well, just like Corona is making one being sensitized to what they need, being a foreigner in Europe or in a different cultural setting or in a different working environment where people's mindset is totally different, uh, requires you to maybe act in the opposite direction of what you're facing Monday to Friday in order to have a balanced point. So we need to find this middle point in whatever it is, in whatever dimension of life you are in so that you mm. can stay balanced in the middle. Yeah. Mm. No, no, that's uh, that link, links it really well. So you're, you're taking care of your physical side. It has a, you know, a very, um, you know, you know, has impact to the, to the mental well-being as well. Um, I'll probably just 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 jump on this one to probably the the last bit of uh, uh, the discussion, which is our, our understanding the the cures. Because when you're looking at how you can uh, cure or help people with mental health to manage this, there is uh, obviously the medication side, and there's also thinking about uh, uh, the the psychological side, either you know, a therapist or psychologist uh, and, and all of that. So I just wanted to to understand the d distinction of that because if there is a, a link uh, in, you know, on mental health with the, the physical condition or, or, or genetics even or, or, or hormonal imbalance, yeah, the, 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 what, what is the role of medication and what is the role of uh, psychological uh, health or, or psychological treatments? Uh, again, or, or it, does it depend on a, a individual case-by-case -case basis or does it depend on what was the cause of the mental illness in the first place? I'll, I'll, um, I'll bring on uh, Pamela just to understand. Yeah, it's, it's probably there's a, a medical understanding to it, but just uh, uh, give us a, a, a take. Let me bring on uh, uh, Pamela just to give us a, a take on on that as well. So I think she would have heard my question. So yeah, Pamela, give us your give us your take on, on that role. Probably more on the psychological side of things. You know, when you're dealing with uh, people's welfare, either from a spiritual or psychological uh, point of view, you know, how does that uh, play? Uh, you know, what role would that play in the of uh, either treatment or managing mental health, as opposed to the medical side, which uh, We'll, we'll come on to in a second. Okay. Um, uh, there's um, a quote from Bill Clinton. He said, mental illness is nothing to be ashamed of, but stigma and bias shame us all. So if you look at it, uh, when it comes to mental health, then the first way of dealing with it is to remove the stigma from it. That's what causes yeah. it to be harder for people to seek attention, um, to seek help, to to even bring it out or even accept it on your own to yourself to mm. say I think I do need something to be helped on because of the stigma like Dr. Falak um, uh, said before and uh, there's also Adam Ant who also said mental health needs a great deal of attention it's the final taboo 
and it needs to be faced and dealt with. If you look at mm. the way mental health is with the panel here, a lot of people have um, used a lot of um, things which they have explained how it's done and how it comes up, how it can be helped and all that. If we can talk about mental health, we can spend the whole day. And after the whole day is done, it will still be a lot to talk about and there'll be a lot of things which we haven't touched. Uh, that said, mm. it doesn't mean that we need to give up. Um, when we, I mean, we need every way possible to help us spiritually. People who pray, they need to also pray. You need to meditate. You need to find balance mm -hmm. within yourself, like uh, Mr. Chase said. Mm. There are so many uh, attention from the medical people, like uh, Finance is saying. There are so many things that we need to deal with uh, when it comes to the, uh, mental health. The psychological part mm. of it starts with stigma for me. That's the most important part. And then from mm. then on, then we go and seek help in different ways. There are so many communities like um, churches, like uh, welfare, uh, people, even your friends, girls. We have girlfriends which we talk to. I mean, all those things that bring balance to you as a person when it comes to the psychological part of it. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for that, Pamela.